Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday. Can you believe it? A little bit of a change of scenery for this Monday leading up to Super Bowl. This is Radio Row. We are in the Las Vegas Convention Center. And right now, I know things look uh, a little bit desolate, uh, kind of like a ghost town. But believe me, in a matter of hours, this place is going to be insane. Uh, We're going to have media from all over literally the world filling up this place. There will be athletes coming through. There will be coaches coming through. All different types of people will be filling this convention hall. But the teams, that's what we're focused on, right? They are in town. As of last night, they have landed, descended in Las Vegas. The Niners are here. The Chiefs are here. They've got their team hotels. They've each got their designated practice facilities throughout the course of the week. And I myself, I've actually been here for a few days. I even beat the teams coming here because I was on assignment. I've already had several days of work since I've been in Las Vegas for, of course, UFC. Uh, Fight night was on Saturday night. And I thought it would be fun to give all of you a little taste of what I go through as a UFC reporter. So check it out. Hello, hello, everybody here at the UFC Apex getting ready for fight night. As you can see, I just got my hair and makeup done. This is not what I looked like when I walked into the building. And now I am going over some scripts. These are my on-camera reports that I do throughout the broadcast. They have to be memorized. So that is what I'm working on right now, trying to get these stuck up in my brain so I do not forget them when the time comes. But that's all for now. Check in soon when the real action begins. Okay, on the way to go do my first report in the broadcast. We're doing it from this back hallway. This is a normal spot to do my reports from. I've got this one on Markel Maderos and uh, we're going to kill it. Joining the desk for a little commentary. This fight is literally insane. I think it's going to be fight of the night. This is going five rounds. I will interview the winner, TBD. We'll find out soon. Okay, fight night went off without a hitch. It is over, as you can tell. I am now in bed, ready to pass out pretty here shortly. I'm still very jet lagged from uh, New York versus Vegas time. Uh, but I'm going to watch a little bit of Griselda on Netflix. And then off to sleep in the countdown to Super Bowl really begins. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? And obviously this week, uh, starting right now, is pretty much all about the Super Bowl. We know that, but we cannot neglect the fact that UFC dominates Las Vegas. I mean, there's a power slap event going on on Friday. There's another UFC fight night taking place on Saturday. And really... Vegas, even though all of the other teams are coming in, even though all of the other attractions are here, in terms of sports, UFC owns Vegas. Dana White's going to be coming through here later this week. We're going to have people like Michael Bisping, lots of other fighters, so we're going to get a chance to talk with them. But also, Colby Covington, 
He's a guy who always has something to say. He is one of the UFC's biggest mouthpieces, and we love him for it. So I decided to get a little chit-chat in with him earlier this past week to see what was on his mind in the second month of 2024. Uh, okay, Colby Covington, UFC fighter. Uh, we last saw you at UFC 296. What have you been up to since? Other than, like you just told me, you were at the foot doctor, but other than the foot doctor, what's been going on? Yeah, mainly just recovering, just healing up. You know, I broke my foot in the first 10 seconds of the fight, so anybody that knows how Colby Chaos Covington fights knows that wasn't me that night. And You know, the x-rays to prove it. I have a double fracture in my cuneal mediform bone, so it's the midfoot fracture, so the UFC brass is aware of that, so just healing up and look for a return this summer or before the end, end of the year. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what's the recovery like that like? Is it, are you in pain? Are you able to walk? Are you having to do a lot of rehab? Like, what's that recovery look like? Yeah, so the first like eight weeks, just wearing a walking boot around. So it's been six and a half weeks now since the fight. So I'm at the end stretch of the recovery process right now. You know, I'm still just, I'm about to shed the boot in another week or so. So, you know, just icing and elevating and just, you know, doing what I do, you know, I, I kind of, I'm a homebody as it is. So I like to stay home, you know, see what's going on around the world in the USA and see how I can be a contributor to making America great again, making it better than it was before. So, you know, I, this is my lifestyle. I like to stay home, plot what's going to come in the future and, you know, just keep working hard in other avenues. Well, that makes two of us that want to make America great again. So uh, I'm glad to be on the same team with you. Uh, let's, let's actually talk about that because you have been very outwardly pro-Trump, uh, so much so like even leading up to your fight. You know, you were wearing the hat. You gave a shout out to him before the fight. In your post-fight interview, you made another MAGA shout out. What is your relationship like with Trump? And, and were you always a supporter of his? My relationship with Trump is great. You know, it's just I'm so honored and thankful that a guy like that magnitude, the most famous person on planet Earth, you know, the greatest president in U.S. history is is giving the time to a small town guy like me, you know, a small time fighter that is chasing his dreams, chasing the American dream that, you know, he's provided for everybody in America. You know, he's kept inflation down. He kept our borders safe so we could chase our dreams and have the American dream. The American dream is shattered now. So thanks to this Biden administration. But, you know, I'm just I'm thankful to have his support. You know, he, he supports Someone like me, he'll support anybody in America. He'll he'll support the middle of, of America. That's how he cares. He loves this country. He loves the red, white, and blue. And, you know, I'm thankful to be in this fight of the MAGA movement. Okay, so small-time fighter is not a descriptor I would use for you, but we'll let that, <laughs> we'll let that one slide. But you also said small-town guy. Where are you originally from? So originally I'm from Thurston, Oregon. It's like a little small suburb right next to University of Oregon in Eugene, Oregon. So small town country farm type living. How did you start fighting? I mean, how does that work out in the country? Like, I, I don't know, like, how did you get into all of the combat stuff? So when I got done wrestling and finished up at Oregon State University, where I, you know, finished my degree at, uh, I decided I wanted to uh, pursue the professional MMA route. And then I was like, you know, I came to Florida to train at the gym that was out here. Who doesn't want to live in Florida? You know, the weather's great out <laughs> here. It's like 70 degrees to sunny right now. So you know, it's a beautiful training climate and, you know, pursue my MMA dreams and, and the dreams I've had since I was a little boy. That's so cool. Yeah. Florida is definitely the place to be. Uh, we have especially seen that since COVID uh, things are, you know, I wouldn't say things are normal anywhere in our country right now, but I will say the most normal 
in Florida for sure. Uh, okay, back to Trump, you know, outward support, uh, not not shying away from that at all. You made some statements. And now that you've had some time to reflect, do you really feel like that fight was stolen from you potentially in a little bit of a sense because you were such a avid Trump supporter? I'm not going to say that's the only reason. You know, I think it was a close fight. I thought if you look at the strikes count, I, I doubled the strikes count on him. I, you know, I had more takedowns. I had more control time. So, you know, there's a path to victory for me there. You know, I'm just I'm thankful that I was able to gut it out. Most people, they stub their their pinky and they're not coming to work for a day. They're not typing. Look at a guy like LeBron James. He gets cramps. You're not going to see him till next month. So someone like me who's putting a double fracture in my foot and still competing in a world title fight for 25 minutes, I'm thankful. You know, I'm not going to hang my head. I know I'm still the biggest straw in this division and, and the best is yet to come for me. I'm, you know, I love to work hard and I love to prove people wrong. So I know the best is yet to come. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get Donald Trump reelected. I'm going to go around the country, go around the world, win every single fight I need to do just to get him back into office because he's the future of not just, you know, us, and I don't have kids, but not if you, uh, you know, the people's kids of America, it's our grandchildren's yeah. lives at stake in the future. So we need Donald Trump back in office in 2024. And I'm willing to fight for it and bring any man on. Well, definitely good for his career. Also, uh, staying active. Great for your career. I'm sure that's probably one of your 2024 goals is to stay active um, on the subject of reflecting. I just asked you about Trump, but also you had some pretty testy comments for Leon Edwards uh, in relation to his father, uh, specifically citing that he's in hell. And that's, you know, where you would find Leon Edwards when you make comments like that. Listen, I know like testosterone is rising. You've got all these emotions, but when you say things like that, do, do you actually mean them or is it kind of part of the character that you're playing and just part of the, you know, getting people amped up? Because that was that was an aggressive comment. You know, I'm, I'm a big guy that lives within facts over feelings. So anytime I say something, you know, if there's truth to it and it hurts someone's feelings, you know, that 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 it is what it is. You know, like this is America. We're entitled to our own uh Speech. And that's what I love about the UFC. And I'm so thankful to be a UFC fighter because Dana White doesn't put a muzzle on any of us. He's not like in the NBA where he tells, you know, the players what they can say. And if they say something wrong, they're not getting a paycheck. No, Dana White is, you know, he's all about giving us freedom of speech. You know, there's a lot of people in the UFC that say things that I don't like, but I still respect their opinion. They're still allowed to say them. It doesn't mean they're true, but, you know, facts over feelings for me all day, you know, go, go look at the guy's past. You know, I'm not going to talk about it anymore, but you know, this is the fight business, Charlie. We're not getting, we're not going, getting locked in the cage to play patty cake and, and and to worry about some words and feelings that we said to each other. We're getting in there to kill each other. So, you know, this is war and, you know, there, there's, there's nothing, there's no rules in war. Uh, that's absolutely right. And you led me exactly to another subject I wanted to touch on because just FYI for, for you, anyone else out there uh, who's listening when I switched from ESPN over to Outkick and Fox, I mean, Dana was one of the first people to say, hell yes, like, this is so exciting. I'm so happy for you not having to hold in the things that you want to say and having the freedom to, to, you know, express your First Amendment rights, which is fantastic because like you said, the UFC truly is the only organization in sports that has real freedom of speech. And in fact, Dana White sat down earlier this week with Vivek Ramaswamy and touched on that very subject. So we'll listen to this. You know, if you want to, we, we had a guy uh, early on when the COVID thing started, Tyron Woodley. 
he came out and Black Lives Matter everything. I think he had Black Lives Matter socks on. He covered head to toe in Black Lives Matter. And uh, he, at the press conference leading up to his fight, they would ask him a question. He'd say, uh, Black Lives Matter. They'd ask him, no, Black Lives Matter. Wouldn't say shit to him. No problem. Knock yourself. Then we got Colby Covington, who's the complete opposite of, of, of the spectrum, right? Were both of them good fighters? Right. Both of them are good fighters? Yeah. But good. whether they're good, they're not good. This is America. Yeah. Everybody can have their own opinion. That's right. I'm not telling anybody what to do, what to say, what to think, how to feel. You, you, we're human beings. That's In America, America do your thing. Knock yourself out. I got the platform, you know, and people get pissed off. People get offended. People get this and that. We just had it happen with Sean Strickland. I don't know if you saw this up in Canada. No. We're up in Canada. Sean Strickland said a, a lot of things. I don't agree with 95% of what this guy says. But it's his right to say it. Um, and if you don't like it, tune in on Saturday night. He's going to be getting punched in the face, okay? Yeah. If you don't like him, yeah. you get to see him get punched in the face. So yeah. there you go. Root for the other guy. Don't, you know? exactly. don't, don't get too upset and don't take it too serious. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so you already touched on it, Colby. Dana White, such a G. I mean, he really embodies what it means to have your constitutional rights. Could you imagine working at a place, fighting for an organization where you have to keep your mouth shut, or if you don't say the things that your employer wants you to, then you get penalized? It's sad, Charlie. It's just, it's pathetic that these guys can't come out there and speak how what they really want to, you know, or, or even if they come out and speak uh, against what, like, the narrative in, in their league is, like, Let's say for an example, Kyrie Irving, he comes out and he's against the jab. And all of a sudden, everybody's vilifying like he's the bad guy. And this is someone that I don't know. He probably doesn't even believe the same political beliefs as me. He probably doesn't believe in Trump. But I like his stance against vaccines. And and, and I'm against vaccines. And I think they were dangerous. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad the UFC didn't force us to take vaccines. But a lot of these other leagues, they did force them to do it. So that's why I love being in the UFC. It's the the freest and most independent league there is. And, and our promoter is the greatest promoter on earth. Dana White is a godsend. I'm so thankful for you know him just giving us the platform that he does to express our feelings and opinions how we want. Yeah. Has Dana ever, I mean, I know that he certainly doesn't talk to you guys about what not to say, but he, has he ever just been like, hey, listen, I just want to make it clear. You all are your own people. You can say what you want. Has there ever been a discussion like that? Or was it just an understood thing where you're able to say what you want and everyone stays out of your way. You know, it's, it's definitely an understood thing, but you know, also you, you, you also don't want to say the wrong things and piss off your bosses early on. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of guys that don't understand that they also need to go about their business the right way. You know, they, they've never said anything like Dana, but I know they've had like retreats in the past where they've let them know like, Hey, it's on you guys to make yourself stars. We can't make you guys stars. This is something that you guys need to do. So, you know, the fighters as a whole know that if you want to become a superstar, become a big time fighter, you got to go out there and do it yourself. And you got to do it within the means of, you know, being able to use your brain and be intelligent and, and speak freely. Don't, you know, don't be afraid to, to say something because you're going to piss off Joe Blow in, in the corner or, or Joe Bow in his mom's basement. Just go out there and speak your mind and, <laughs> You know, be a free thinker. That's what we are, Charlie. What did you think? Because, you know, speaking of the fans in the basement, right? Those are the biggest trolls of them all. Like I can I can say with with very much like a strong confidence after working for WWE, where, you know, they're crazy fans uh, currently working for UFC, also crazy fans like you have to be ready for the blowback. I mean, 
they they love you, they hate you. They're always going to have something to say. What did you think? And I know he walked it back a little bit in these past few days, but John Anik, he <laughs> he felt some certain type of way about the fans. He was like, listen, like I I'm just breaking down fights. Like I'm I'm doing my job, and and sometimes he just can't handle it. Which you you understand, like sometimes it gets to be a lot. Like what did you think about him making those comments, despite you know running it back just a little bit and saying you know maybe I spoke out of turn. Dude, he, John definitely spoke out of turn. Those those fans gave John the most privileged, best life he could ever live. He flies around the world, first class, has a great six-figure paying pay job. No one feels sorry for John Aining. He's just trying to make himself a victim and make him the center of attention. That's what John does. He's a baby face. That's, you know, that's his nature. So, you know, boo fucking who, John Aining. Those Those fans are the reason you have a job and you're in the position you're in. So no one feels bad for you. No one's going to give you sympathy. We don't need, you know, beta males in today's society, Charlie. We need alphas. We need toxic masculinity. Oh. And that, that toxic masculinity. And that's why we need Donald Trump back in office in 2024. Let's get rid of these beta story boys. You're you're speaking my language. You know I have a shirt. I had it custom made for myself that says toxic masculinity is hot. Let's go. So I'm I'm that. I'm all for it. Um okay, yes. so you are recouping, you're recovering right now. What's a normal day in your life look like while you're in Florida? Where in Florida are you? I'm over in Miami, Florida. Okay. Like right near Hialeah. So my gym's in Hialeah Gardens, MMA Masters. So, you know, and, and then I also train at UFC Fit with A-Rod's a team. So shout out to them. They do a great job. The UFC Fit has a great design and, and setup on their gym. So thankful to train there. But a day-to-day for me when I'm injured, you know, I'm, I'm still working out. I'm going and doing pool workouts. I'm doing upper body workouts. I'm I'm working around this. I'm not letting my, my bum foot you know, uh, affect my growth and defect my development as a martial artist. I'm, I'm committed to my craft, Charlie. Like I'm not a part-time fighter. I'm a 365 fighter. I care about this career more than anything. I care about my life because, you know, my platform stands for people. And, and there's a lot of people behind me that, that support me and respect me, you know, so I, you know, I don't want to let them down and I don't want to give them anything less than my best. So, you know, I'm training hard every single day, eating healthy. I have a good diet. I'm not like some of these people. Oh, let's just take a shot. Like, look at the new thing this day, Charlie. Uh, and, and I'll give you an example after we talk about this. Oh, let's just take a shot to lose weight. Let's take this Ozempic shot. This is the new shot that pharmaceuticals are saying <laughs> is good for people and, and healthy. Oh, just take an Ozempic shot. You lose weight. You lose 50, 100 pounds. It's such false advertising, just like the vaccine was. Like, I had a friend that took it. And she, she almost died. And and, and God the, bless she her. She took the, the, uh, the weight loss shot or the, the vaccine? The the weight loss shot. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, we know countless people about the vaccine. I mean, look at Bronny James, DeMar Hamlin, just these young yeah. athletes just all of a sudden having cardiac arrest. It's, it's never happened. Bronny James. Year. It's never happened. So there's no that big thing. It's just it's sad. Everybody thinks the one quick solution is, oh, let's just take a shot. We'll be healthy. That's not the solution. It's not the quick and easy solution. Well, people are lazy, though. And unfortunately, we have a government that promotes uh, inclusivity, obesity as being an acceptable way to live your life. And the CDC and, uh, you know, the NIH, they're all just completely corrupt and delusional. So uh, that's kind of the the road we're going down. I mean, it's going down, but we got to fight back. We got to hold the line. You know, we can't let a guy like Mr. Pfizer, Travis Kelsey, just be a proponent (laughs) of of double shot in the arm at the same time. How is that healthy? That guy, you know, he's not taking a double shot. Yeah. The guy's getting paid more on that sponsorship, $20 million from a Pfizer sponsorship. That's more than his whole entire 
salary in the NFL. So is that how much he's making? Twenty million? Did they? Did they... They wow. confirmed that. I was on Patrick Bet David the other day, and he said it was either twenty or thirty million. It was somewhere in between. I was saying the low end, exactly. And people wow. aren't wondering what's going on in this country and 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 how these you know propaganda puppets are just being propped up because they're celebrities. So that is very important for people to know, and I think they should. I think they should be very transparent about that when they do have celebrities endorsing products, people, which leads me to a question in just a second. There needs to be transparency because it's not right for people to assume just because someone's promoting something that they're doing it, that it's healthy when they're getting paid $30 million in return. So that's one thing. But on the same token as Travis Kelsey, also now there's the idea going about that Taylor Swift uh, could become a part of the Biden campaign because they're looking to really help to prop up Joe Biden right now when his approval rating is abysmal. Trump is going to, at this at this rate, completely blow him out of the water. So they're looking for celebrity endorsements. And of course, Taylor Swift is someone that comes first to mind because she's the most famous woman in the world. And, you know, they're they're looking to have her back Biden. And then there's already been the fact that came out that one fifth of her fan base said that they would back any candidate that she endorsed. So same thing. I mean, there's probably going to be, if that does end up happening, no transparency there. It's true. Everybody knows Taylor Swift is, you know, a government spy, spy op at this point. So <laughs> the real question, Charlie, is what is it going to say on the back of Travis Kelsey's jersey next year? Is it going to say Swift Kelsey or is it just going to say Swift? What do you think, Charlie? I think I think it'll just be Swift. Swift. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> Although, you know, from a, you know, masculine perspective, that's really pathetic. But from a football perspective, Swift is actually a pretty sweet last name for a football player. But like, no, we wouldn't be able to get behind that. Uh, OK, talking football. Do you have any intentions on being in Vegas for Super Bowl week or the game itself? No, unfortunately, I, I can't support that. You know, I just. You know, I lost I lost interest in football and sports when they started kneeling and, and disrespecting our flag and disrespecting all the soldiers that came before us that give us these opportunities in America. We wouldn't be free and have the opportunities to be professional athletes if it wasn't for, you know, our, our servicemen, our, our veterans. And those are the people that I look up to and I respect the most. So I just I've been so turned off by sports. I just I don't follow it. I don't care about it. And, you know, I just no, I won't be in Vegas. You going out there? I will be out there because I'm actually I'm working UFC this weekend. So I'm leaving uh, to be there the weekend ahead of Super Bowl. And then I'll be out there all week for for this show. And then I'm working Power Slap, which Ooh. which occurs the Friday of Super Bowl weekend. So I've got a lot going wow. on in Vegas. So I'm going to be super busy, but I'm excited for it. Yeah. That, that, that'll You've be been fun tuning into Power Slap? Of course. I love Power Slap. You know, I was thankful that. Dana White and Hunter Campbell flew me out and I was able to watch a power slap event, you know, a couple months ago. It was mm -hmm. one of the funnest experiences I had. So, you know, I think UFC, Dana White, Hunter Campbell, those guys have done a, an incredible job just delivering, you know, violence to the fans. They, you know, the people want this, you know, the nerds in their basement, you know, they had desires <laughs> and these are their desires. They want to see someone get bitch slapped across the face. Excuse my, my language. No, you're good. Hopefully this is a family friendly show, but, uh, yeah, it's a. I think they've done a great job, and you know, I'm I'm very thankful to be under the umbrella. Uh, they call it the flywheel, the TKO flywheel. So I'm very thankful to be under the TKO flywheel.
Well, you know, if the the fans in the basement can't get women, let's at least give them the violence that they crave, right? Uh, and just like uh, a little fun fact, this is the first slap uh, fighting event, best, first power slap event taking place outside of the Apex. So that'll be an extra layer of excitement there. Uh, and Colby, before I let you go, uh, because you still have a couple months to prep and get booked for your next fight, uh, hopefully that comes sooner than later. Is there anyone in the UFC that you have your eye on uh, just in terms of respect, like someone that you just are finding fun to watch or you're really rooting for, whether to be whether they're in the welterweight class or otherwise? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I, I like watching Sean O'Malley fight. I think he's an exciting fighter. Yeah. He brings, uh, you know, he brings the the color and the fun to, to fighting. And, you know, he's a great personality and he's a great person. He's a great fighter. So. You know, he has an incredible work ethic on, you know, I'm happy, I'm happy to be a part of, you know, his team with happy dad as well. Shout out to Kyle and the Nelk boys. Those guys have done a great job, but you know, he's a great fighter and he's got a big show in my city. You know, I'm the king of Miami. So he's coming to Miami. So he's going to be another king of Miami, Sean O'Malley. So I'll be rooting him on in March, you know, and, and uh, you know, I like to watch him fight besides that. No, I don't really have any, you know, fight fans in the business. Everybody hates me. I'm the biggest villain, the biggest, the most. Do you hated, like most that? Do you like being the biggest villain? I do. I enjoy it. I embrace <laughs> I it. I figured. Yeah, I, I like it. You know, I, I you know, I, I used to say early on, I, I didn't come to make friends. I came to make money and I'm doing a very good job of that. So, you know, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, everybody can hate me. I, I don't want to go into the into a fight, Charlie, hugging a guy. Oh, I respect you. I love you. Yeah. Much respect. No, I want animosity. I want you to be able to come. I want your best. I want you to come knock me out. I want you to try your hardest to try and beat me because it just shows what my level is. So, you know, it's all good. I didn't come for friends. I came to make money and leave my legacy. And we're going to do that just like you do every day, Charlie. God bless you. You know what? Thank you so much. I, I will take that compliment and end the interview right there because I feel like that's the highest note we could reach. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. So a big thank you again to Colby Covington, but now our sights are set on Super Bowl, less than a week away and plenty going on today right here in Vegas. First, uh, this afternoon, Roger Goodell giving his state of the league address to certain members of the media who were invited. Then later on tonight, it's media night for the two teams participating in this year's Super Bowl, the Chiefs and the Niners. They'll be there, their coaches will be there, the rest of the staff and members of the media from all over able to pick their brains and see what type of intel they can pick up as we inch closer to Super Super Bowl 58. So I'm going to be there. I'm going to see what I can find out and I will bring all of that to you tomorrow and of course throughout the rest of the week. But for now, signing off from here on Radio Row. See you tomorrow.